Hello and welcome to Rearview, the show where we get to chat to the fascinating people from the motoring universe, learning how they got to where they are today. I'm Andrew and this is episode 48. I'm delighted to be joined by Ian Cook, who is a contemporary automotive artist. Welcome to Rearview, Ian. I'd like to start off by asking exactly what do you do? Uh, so I think the best way of saying it is that I, I paint solely with radio control cars, tyres and wheels. So essentially I don't use a paintbrush to create any of my artworks. Generally I create car artworks or automotive artworks um, for manufacturers, for sponsors, motorsport, etc., etc. Um, and I've been doing it since 2007 now, so kind of it's kind of 10 years officially, 10 years is next year. So, Well, we're going to dive uh, deeper into that because I have many questions about all that. Um, but first of all, I'm going to do what I normally do, which is find out when you first got interested in cars because you are a car guy. Absolutely, yeah. I, mean, well. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do this job without without a passion for it. Yeah, because when you're talking to manufacturers or people who own the cars, they they want to know that you know what they're talking about. I mean, sometimes mm. yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's like Porsches or or particular models. You can be a bit like, just remind me of what that one is again, or um, <laughs> yeah, because it is yeah. But generally, you know. I know, yeah. You know, I've always been, you know, into cars from a very young age. I, I, I remember growing up with it, going to you know, kind of Hensford Raceway, and uh, you know, being in the Midlands, you know, Mallory Park, Donington, Silverstone. There's, you know, there's enough race circuits or motoring related things in the in the in this area to to kind of feel connected to it some somewhere somehow. So, are you from Coventry? No, I, I now live in Coventry. I live. Okay. I've kind of been adopted by the city, as it were, um, which is which is nice. It's nice to feel. It's nice to feel connected or you know anchored to to a place. I've never had that kind of you know when I was you know, living in Solihull Hill in Birmingham with, with with my parents. It was kind of like it's lovely. It's my parents' house, um, but you know I. I I didn't really live in Solihull. I, you know, I, I studied over at Sutton Coldfield when I was at college. I went to Winchester School of Art, so I was away for three years. Um, and then it's not until I came back from university, I, as a kind of a 20, you know, 21, 22-year-old, I then was like, right, actually, where, you know, what, <laughs> connecting to a city type of thing. But, you know, um, mm. Yeah, being from Sunny Hall is uh, yeah, where where the brand of Land Rover's from. So yeah, the, the you know Jaguar and Land Rover have always been a part of my life. Whether it's you know being from a school, you know when you're in it, when you're at a school that's just down the road from the factory, and you, and people go, oh, you like cars? Well, you'd be working at Land Rover then. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to build, I don't want to build them. Like, I want to, I want to, I want to do something more creative than be on the yeah. You know, as much as it's a an art, you know, an art form, or you know, of of being on a line and creating and building things. Um, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to to. Yeah, I want to be more creative. Yeah, you know, mm. and, and that, yeah, in, in those, yeah, in, in those times, I sound very older. Um, yeah, there wasn't <laughs> there wasn't this kind of social. There wasn't social media. There wasn't a cre- Yeah, there wasn't a creative marketing or. Uh, you know, kind of thing about about selling cars. It was very much like, you know, um, car, you know c- the car just changed vastly from when I was when I was um, younger. So, um, so yeah, no, I think you know, and also my 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 uncle's a di- uh, director at uh, Jaguar Land Rover. So, 
I've grown up with him, you know, working from Ro- you know, he worked through Rover, BMW, Honda, whoever bought Rover, he was then went with that company. So he mm-hmm. he went off to learn Japanese when when they were owned by uh, by Honda, yeah, you know, uh, when there was a, a Honda association, uh, when there was a, a link with BMW, he went off to Germany, and when he was a link with, yeah. so whenever they were bought by a, a company, you know, Ford, you know, because Jaguar Land Rover was part of the Ford, you know, premium, yep. premium vehicles, you know, um, so at one point he was off to, you know, did bits out in America and whatnot, so uh, it kind of like I kind of watched what he was doing and and saw yeah so he he was involved in the mini maestro metro uh, the new mini uh, and then currently he's working on Range Rover Range Rover brand is his uh, is his kind of from an engineering managerial director level uh, he kind of manages all the people who do all the bits for the for the for the for for Range Rover so yeah. Well, that that must be uh, not not to take it away from talking about you here, but that must be quite exciting for him at the minute. Uh, you know, I was thinking when you mentioned the mini, that must have been exciting, sort of rebirthing a brand or creating a brand. Oh god! I'm, I'm, Whereas I'm, before it was a car, he's creating, helping to create a brand, and that must have been really exciting to do. And now with the way that uh, Range Rover are going with the backing they've got, seemingly um, got owners that. Uh, are doing it in the right way because you look at how uh, successful they're becoming. Absolutely, um, I, I, I absolutely remember being a fifth. Yeah, I, I must have been fifteen, fourteen or fifteen years old, and I was I was in the new mini. I was I, was, I sat in it, uh, you know, on a test track. Uh, you know, it was a mule vehicle at that time, and <laughs> and my uncle was just going, "This is a, this is a new car. You, you cannot talk about this." Like this, you have, people in balaclavas will come and take you away. Absolutely, cannot talk about this. And I, I and then I, I was, I went round the te- the the Gaiden tre- test track in a Rover BRM, which is the two the, the Rover two hundred with the orange grill. Uh, mm. and, uh, and yeah, I was then hooned around that at around one hundred and fifty miles an hour, whilst seeing other minis being test test driven around it. And uh, <laughs> the funniest thing about doing work experience there at that age is. Yeah, you, know, you had to write a diary about what you were doing. Yeah, you know, what what they have lots of little black strips. Yeah, <laughs> it was like redacted, redacted. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so, uh, on Tuesday I went to here, but I can't talk about what I saw or what it was yes. or or anything. <laughs> and, yes, Ian, did you actually do anything, or have you made all this up? Honestly, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think the one thing I do remember from it was was. My uncle doing incredibly long hours, like incredible. Like we were, I think, yeah, we were, we were at the uh, at the plant because at that time it was still Rover, so Rover was still at Longbridge. The Longbridge plant was still very much this big elephant of of kind of you know cars being you know mass produced over over there. Um, mm. And so you had, yeah, you see, he was over at Longbridge a little bit. He was over at Gaydon. He was. So he was leaving at four o'clock in the morning, and he was like, right, you've got to come with me. Uh, here's a list of numbers. Ring these people. Um, say that you're, you know, that I, you're with me, essentially, um, and you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll get into these places. And <laughs> and I did. I said, look, oh, hi, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm Paul, I'm Paul Davis's nephew, and um, that, yeah, it was weird. They, they always shook my hand first because there was another, there was another kid who was on work experience that week with me. Um, 
and they all shook my hand first. <laughs> it was like, really <laughs> weird. Uh, really weird. Um, yes, because they liked working. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I've, I've kind of, yeah, I've grown up with, yeah, very much. I remember he was very, he had a Rover 75, but he designed the wheels it was on. So the, the alloys that it, were on that car were his, and they were a one-off. They were like a prototype wheel. They oh, please tell me they were spinners. Something like that. They looked, <laughs> honestly, they were amazing. They looked really good. And he was, I know he was gutted when they went. He was like, I've got to, you know, and he, when that car went back, yeah, it went with the wheels. And he was like, oh, mm. they're mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> randomly enough, when I was at Motorcycle Live a couple of weeks ago, um, there's a chap who used to work at JLR. Uh, it was Rover then, or it was Land Rover at that, that, that point. He was David Brisbane, who, who, was at Jaguar Landra when I was at uni, um, and then he left to go teach at Cov Uni, and I was gone back, and he's on special ops, um, special ops. Yeah, but yeah, he saw me painting at the um, at the at the motorcycle show, and I was like, "Oh, good to see you in." And, you know, glad to see it's all going well and and whatnot. So uh, yeah, it's uh, that's what I like about it, though. So I like I like that there's people once they're in the industry, they tend to stay in it, but they just move, you know, kind of move around like a, you know, kind of. A, ships on a on a on a trying to think of a metaphor i'm not very good at writing you know creative writing sometimes <laughs> no but they, but you are you are right about that there's something i've noticed uh since since speaking to more and more people is how people sort of they, they do shift around it's 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 almost like um if we're going to go down metaphor line it's almost like icebergs they're sort of just jostling around swapping around uh, and moving from company to company or parts of the industry to other parts yeah. of the industry but then they all sort of come back to the so many people really are car people as well or or motorbikes or something like that so there's always something that sort of sucks them back to a point of fun or enjoyment for them i, th- I think i think from yeah because recently this is stuff with bikes and so when i was over at triumph and like the brand guy who's at who's at triumph uh he used to be Jaguar. You know, he used to be Jaguar, but he's, yeah, he's kind of he's he's, he's been up to he's been to Bentley, and now he's at Triumph. And Triumph is one of those. There's other brand, another brand, a bit, a bit like Morgan in many ways. Whereas people buy it because of the brand. They're buying into the 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 brand that that car or that vehicle or that thing represents to them. Yeah, you know, particularly more mm. lifestyle stuff. Yeah, you know, things like the Morgan. You know, like I love the three wheeler. Um, it, yeah, I don't, <laughs> yes. it's not a practical thing. I, I love it because it's it it, it you know, it's that noise and the vibrations and the and the the theatre that that comes with driving that car. Well, even to go and get a pint of milk seems to me. I've never driven one, but it seems to me that is an event with a oh, capital E. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> By the time you've got you put your gloves on, your helmet on, you've you've <laughs> like it's a it's a whole right. You can't just kind of jump in it and. And go. It's kind of like right. I'm gonna get get ready. Yeah, you, and you. It would seem almost easier to have a motorbike. Yeah, or <laughs> probably. I mean, motorbike. Pro- yeah, it's it, it, well, it's it's as close as I would. As at the moment, as I would say, I'd get to motorbike. You know, having now done some um, big motorcycle event, I kind of get. I kind of get motorbiking more. I I get it more. I see what the the appeal is. Um, whether I'd actually. <laughs> Sit on one and ride one and be cut, be not going. Oh my god, oh, oh, you know, kind of thing. Whilst on it, I don't know, but um, I can say, yeah, certainly with the lifestyle stuff, 
I can see, mm. yeah, the, the kind of the cruiser, kind of the, the bobber that I painted was like, yeah, this beautiful cruiser, and you know, it kind of that that kind of American dream of yeah, driving out a big, you know, kind of uh, you know, Route sixty six, and yeah, that it's, kind. It's of- big, lazy. It's a lazy yeah. effort. It's not the hunched over the petrol tank with the engine screaming type. No, thing. it was it's much more kind of this bauble of kind of mm. you know, this theatre of kind of sitting on this handmade. You know, um, it was amazing. You know, did the factual amazing. So it's, uh, but I think yeah, every every brand or every you know car brand has a has an appeal in different ways. Yeah, you know, whether that's a car that's literally an everyday car you can just jump in and go, or something that's you know that has more about it in terms of why you want to be in it. Why, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I think stuff like Tesla in terms of a contemporary way has that similar thing of. It's almost like you're you you're in some kind of robotic, kind of futuristic thing that is constantly mm-hmm. evolving. I think that's a similar kind of, you know, if you talk to a Tesla owner, they have their, the enthusiasm of what a Morgan owner has. Like the, the, the Tesla is this, you know, this thing that you know, constantly is changing and updated and, and an owner would drive nothing else because it to them, yes, the car, you know, it's at a premium, but it's because it does so much and, it is an appeal, like you know, that kind of you, you're you're driving the future type of thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's the, the Tesla and the Morgan and you know these very um, very niche yes. at the moment cars. It's it when I've spoken to owners, it's as though they feel as though they know something that we don't. I, I think, uh, and well, that, that makes them feel special. They know. Say, I drive this. And when I drive it, I know something you don't because you haven't driven it or you don't drive it regularly. Absolutely. I mean, funny enough, at the motorbike show, there was a, a guy, yeah, and he was massively into Teslas. Like, he was a huge te- Tesla fan. And, uh, and you know, I, and I, he sold me on the product. I was like, totally, I totally get why you drive this this vehicle because, you know, it offers you so much. You can see exactly how much charges you can you can. You know, you can warm it up on your phone before before leaving the NEC where we were. And, you know, he could tell me exactly where all the fuel, you know, all the filling stations are. And he was like, "Yeah, he, uh, he, one of the, one of the things he, he was going on about was you know, he goes, people say to me how far I can I drive, and he says I can drive to Finland because, and he can show me all the supercharging stations, and literally he can drive to Finland if mm. if he so wants. Yeah, you know, it's kind of." And I was like, yeah, and you start, and and how it is with like kind of you know, the diesel stuff and the petrol and and how people are changing onto hybrid and and how that you know that whole how is the change revolutionized the industry, yeah. From him, I was like, wow, you've been you've already you're already driving the future, but you know so much about it, probably more than the people who were designing the cars because you've you've lived it and you know the disadvantages, the the advantages of driving these cars. And it's the same with the Morgan. Like I know the advantages and I know the disadvantages, but I accept it because I love the brand. I love going to the factory. I love seeing the guys who build it. I love being able to walk around and just, you know, photograph stuff if I want to. There's that, there's that accessibility and that kind of like, you're part of a family there. That's what I mm. really love about it. Um, and I think that, you know, hope, you know, hope, you know, as long as I can always own it, that's the, you know, that I'm always going to be part of that Morgan family. Mm, yeah. No, we, um, Alan and I, the, uh, we drove around um, as much of Britain, around the edge of, of much of Britain as we could in an uh, electric car at the end of the summer. 
and we happened to go through uh, the uh, Welsh borders uh, on the weekend of the Morgan. Um, I don't know whether it's the birthday or whatever it was, but there was a big anniversary. Yes, and we saw so many of them, and and everyone was happy. Oh god! Yeah. You know, it's one of those. It seems to be one of those companies that if you're driving one of their cars, you're smiling. I think the thing is, it's such a you know, it's a so little cars, you know, so little new cars. You know, you you get a sim, probably a similar feeling in an old MG, whatever. You know, and you know, talking old old MG, like you know, not not kind of MGTF or or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're talking kind of yeah. You know, MGB or yeah, uh, further oh, yeah, older than like that, you, but these are these are new cars. So you're getting this old, yeah, you know, this old feeling, but with with some of the comforts, yeah. You know, so yeah, you know, yeah, the plus eights, the Aero eights, the the more expensive end of the scale, you're going to get that, yeah. But even with a three wheeler, you can get heated seats if you so wish. Yeah, I mean, it's an option. Yeah, it's an option. I mean. And you know, whenever you go back to the factory, you, know, you can go and see what else they've developed, or new bits you can have added, or you know, upgrades you could have. And yeah, you kind of yeah, there's always things you could t- yeah. It's like one of those things you can just tinker with. You can just go, oh, I might do that with it. Oh, oh I've seen that. I, yeah, when we we're at, I was at that event um, over at the showground, Morgan Showground, and um, and yeah, I mean, once you get fifty three wheelers together, you realise that no one is the same. Like they're all. Yeah, you know, customized different. Whether that's different wheels, tires, paintwork, chrome work, whatever. You know, it's it's, and that's I think that's what the the beauty of it is. It's so, it's such such a customizable brand, but also a kind of entry level customization. Like we're not we're not talking mm-hmm. like Aston Bentley Rolls money. We're talking <laughs> an entry level customization of a car that is, you know, and it, you know. It, I, I love it. Yeah, it's it's one of you won't get a feeling out of another out of another car. I don't I don't think. Um, mm. uh, but I'm 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 not really I'm not really a track guy. So I'm sure you get. You know, I've driven a Caterham and it's di- it's a different feeling. Yeah, it's a because di- to me like Caterham is much more about. Yeah, you're going to go track days or you're going to go and do something with it beyond just going on a drive. Um, mm. And yeah, you know, when we drove it down to Geneva, it was a. It's an adventure. <laughs> it was a. Yes, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> when did the um, the artist in you start to make himself known well, to yourself? <laughs> hello, hello, Mister Artist. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's always been both. It's always been. I've always been. I, I, you know, I, at school, I was. I was the best thing I could do was art. I got three A stars: uh, art, graphics, and textiles. I was the only. The only student ever to do all three arts so to do so i dropped a technology to do and to do graphics um mm-hmm. so i did yeah all three arts i start everything so so what's uh, i'm i'm significantly older than you i'll leave it at that what is graphics at school? so 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 at school yeah, yeah it was like you had art yeah the art session then you had textiles so i did textiles with a group of yeah so i had 36 girls or whatever in the in the in the in the room, and I learned so much about girls at school from textiles. I was just like, I was like, whoa! Did nobody nobody told me this? <laughs> um, 
It's up there with the the lad, the one lad who went and did dance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I've been let in the secret world. Yeah, yeah it was a secret world. I've been let in, and I'd learn. And I was like, oh, oh, oh no, oh right, oh right, okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I did that, and then gra- yeah, so graphics was more kind of it was a tire. Yeah, it's more about kind of lettering, you know, typography, mm-hmm. yeah. that kind of thing. You know, kind of it's. A, so yeah, art could be more broader and like yeah, you could be a bit more expressive. Textiles was more about the materials I was using, and then graphics was the more kind of t- you know tighter, you know, and more accurate stuff. So I think that's probably why I ended up doing going into doing illustration to start off with. So it, I, I got okay. my, I got my you know my my three arts A star. Everything else was C apart from French, which I failed at mainly because I couldn't tell. I, I couldn't tell the time normally, like you know, on a normal clock. Oh, yeah. I couldn't read it in not like in English. Never mind in French. And oh, okay. in French, right, yeah. generally, you learnt to tell the time. Was part of the 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 kind of GCSE was telling the time in French, and I I failed it in English anyway. So so I was like, <laughs> so yeah, so French I, I failed that. That was fine. But then I went on to do uh, a BTEC in illustration. Um, which I did at Sutton Cultural College, uh, which I, after a year, I thought, this is, it's great, I'm doing it, but do I really want to be an illustrator or graphic designer? Do I want to sat behind a Mac, kind of just editing stuff? Not not really. You, you were being too clean, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was just... You weren't, you, there was nothing getting under the fingernails, apart from maybe a bit of lint. Yeah, maybe, yeah. It was, <laughs> and I also kind of felt quite an old... It was kind of like felt that you know, what part of, part of the illustration thing was you had to enlarge images, so you enlarged an image from like A4 to A3 or whatever, but you painted it, yes, yeah, so you recreated a photo as a as an illustration. Um, okay, and it what, uh, but that time you know, the computer computer stuff was just getting bigger and bigger, and it was like, well, actually, you can just do that on Photoshop. <laughs> you don't need you don't need an artist to make a photo any bigger. Because mm. it's um, so was, somebody on a Sunday night can do it in their own bedroom type thing. And I was wandering around the college, and I noticed this kind of fine art room, which and people were like, you know, you know, there's massive artworks and noise and and paint on the floor. And I was like, this is so me. I was like, that that looks fun. Like I want to go in there. <laughs> what's going? So so what's the what's the what defines fine art? Sorry, excuse because you have to excuse my ignorance here. No, sorry. I, mean, um, I don't. I don't really see myself as. Like I don't really see myself as a fine artist because I've got a fine art degree and I did fine art at, at you know from college onwards. Um, it, so is that what we would typically understand as say the 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 modern art? Yeah. Um, where there's where there where there's you know quite a hectic looking canvas with lots of colours and splashes to uh, you know a, a, the classic landscapes. And that's what, is that the is that the more fine art end of things? Yeah, I mean to be honest, it, it can be both. Yeah, like not everything has to look like Emin's bed, or you don't have to chop <laughs> you don't have to chop up a shark and pickle a shark to be a fine artist. Yeah, um, or you don't have to yeah, the bricks or whatever the bricks it was. or whatever. Yeah, I mean there's a, the thing is I think that's how to tell a good story. That's what that is. Yeah, I think. Well, this is the thing. I I, I think fine the fine art essentially is about ideas. It's about mm. ideas and selling those ideas. So okay. if it's 
if it's something which you're like, right, a minimalist piece that is just, you've done one, you know, you've added one thing and you've got a couple of, you know, a still life or whatever. Yeah, you've, you've created something and at least you can explain why you've done it. And I think that's the main yeah. thing about fine art is, is that, you know, any of these people, you know, the kind of the, the media, yeah, the, the artists who are in the media and the media know because they're shock horror that they've just sold this and it's, you know, millions of pounds because it's just this. Well, actually, you're buying into the idea, you're buying into the artist, you're buying into what they create, their portfolio, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so there's, mm. there's, um, there's a lot about it being the artist and what the artist creates. Uh, but also it's about you being able to defend, not defend, but explain why you've chosen to do these these things, why why this process, why this colour, why this artwork type thing. Um, okay. And I think that's the, that's the key thing for fine art. Um and I, so did you did you swap over then after the first year? Yeah, so basically, I I I said, look, I'm I'm kind of done with illustration. I was like, look, I've done, I can do it. I, I'm, and I was getting, I was getting top grades. Like, oh, it's not like I was kind of sitting there sulking, going, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, mm. Yeah, I I was achieving, and I was, and they were like, well, if you think you can do fine art and illustration, then you can do that. But you've got to prove yourself up against, yeah, you know, I was 16. You've got to prove yourself up against 19, 20, 21-year-olds, amateur students. Mm. And that's the harder thing when you're, you're the youngest in that group who's kind of, yeah, and I, I've kind of crowbarred myself into that group to then go, right, I'm going to produce stuff that's better than you mm. and talk about this more confidently than you and get a better grade, that's where the challenge was. Yeah, that's where... Yes. And also, Don't throw things at me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, that's, yeah, and that's where you also... The challenge of making sure that your, you know, your lecture, you know, both your lecturers are happy or, and also have taken on twice the workload because it's, it meant that I had to do fine art and I had to do illustration. I had to complete both courses to achieve... But do you think by, by being parachuted in, being the youngest... And everyone else would would it, you know the natural human reaction is to start peering down people's noses. A lot of people will do that because you know people are scared, jealous, whatever. That you that that forced you to uh, develop your ideas um, in a in a much I'm sure better is the right word, but you had to really understand what it was you were trying to create and be able to explain it properly because yeah. you felt well i've got to show you guys i can do it i've got to show this because i've i've turned around and gone yeah i can do this so now i have to prove it so it, it instead of just it's say you were just doing the course on its own just the fine arts and you started normally um it probably wouldn't have put you under the same pressure and therefore driven you to produce the quality of work that you did yeah no i agree no and i think being in that situation and in in that kind of one you 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 worked off people like so all of a sudden you were like okay i like your idea yeah because you know if Mm. it's open studios you can kind of walk around and go okay well that's what you're doing and that's what you're doing aren't that's what i'm doing and um but also yeah i think being with older people 
generally mature. Yeah, you know, it made you more mature. Yeah, you know, it kind of like mm-hmm. you were you were on a different you were on a different wavelength because you weren't talking to people who you were sixteen or seventeen. You were talking to people who were nineteen, twenty, twenty one, and older. And they yeah. and they wanted to be they wanted to be going on to university. I wanted to go on to, you know, on to university. So it, I I just saw it as a challenge, and I thought, you know, what if I, if I can do it, I'll do it. You know, if you don't, it's one of those things. If you don't try it and and go right, okay, well that hasn't worked or, or has worked. It's just yeah, you just kind of go right, let's go for it and see if it works. And, and thankfully, the the tutor really really pushed me and my my illustration tutor was supportive and said yeah okay um you could do both of this um as long as you hit the requirements you get you hit the grades and you achieve you know we can see that you're you're working hard at what you're doing um Hmm. and that's what i i aim for i i aim for the you know to 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 be the best you know to be the best i wanted to, Mm -hmm. to prove that I could do both, and I and I was a you know. So I had to do some kind of. We're talking about fine arts, so one of the projects, I think we it was sitting about. Um, I think the, the project title was Seven Deadly Sins. So I had greed as my title. So mm-hmm. the idea was. I don't know. Trying to do two courses at once, maybe not. Uh, Just to sit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that. And so, so, so what we had to do was. What I decided, my my idea was right. So I think at that time the lottery was still quite big. It was you know a thing that everybody was doing on a weekly yeah, basis. So yeah. I had a I had a plastic chair. So I thought a common the most the most yeah in terms of you know in terms of people and chairs. So generally like the the MD or director has the poshest chair in the room. Mm comfy and it swivels and it's heated and whatever and and then the the most common chair is like a plastic chair just a just a a normal chair you know just imagine like a a a very basic chair from staples you know from 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 a furniture store or whatever um so i didn't take any of the wrapping off it it was a brand new brand new chair um and then on the on the chair, I then stuck a lottery ticket, uh, which had been paid for, so it looked like a lottery ticket. Um, but as you walked up to the, the chair, if you went to pick up the lottery ticket, it there's a mirror on the floor that reflected the word greed. So it was like, as you're walking up to the chair to pick up the lottery ticket, are you being greedy by ch- seeing to see if it is a winning lottery ticket? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so I had to do some very kind of like contemporary ideas-led stuff, as well as the practical, messy. Yeah, and I finished off doing some really messy, big, colourful stuff. Yeah, very me. Yo, um, <laughs> I also had to do the 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 uh, yeah some of the more kind of ideas-led things to prove that I could think as a fine artist. Yeah. Uh, and the difference between mainly between illustration and fine art is illustrate you know, as an illustrator or graphic designer. Generally, you've got a brief. You've got a brief that you're you're working to. Whereas fine art, you don't really have that brief. You kind of it's a little bit more open ended. You're pushing those ideas, essentially. Uh, okay. 
without waffle. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully that's not too much waffle. Hopefully. No, 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 no. I've got that. I've got. I understand that now. That's great. Thanks. Thanks. For that. Just out of interest, how was the chair ticket greed? Yeah, I think it did well. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, I, I can't exactly remember. But I, I think I. I'm a but lot, people got it. Yeah, people got. I, I'm a lot better at talking about my work now than I ever was. I wasn't very good at writing when I was at uni, at college, and uni. I was. I was very. I found it very hard to write. I could talk, talk, but I can't, can't write. So whenever I do presentations now, I like. I don't write. If it's like I did a presentation last, last night, you know. Um, and I can stand up and talk as long as I've got pictures and I've got stuff like I've got props to hold. Mm. So I can, yeah. as long as I can talk through the props, if I if I'm looking at it and I'm going, oh, I can't talk. About it, I, I've got to prop it and I go, oh, I can talk about this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but it doesn't. I'm not the best writer. My handwriting is not very good, but I've got better at it over over the years of writing a lot of proposals and talking to manufacturers. You know, going and having the meetings and then coming back and writing a proposal or whatever, I've got a lot better at it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing is when you're doing a, you know, as a fine artist, or, you know, uh, you're not trained to be a businessman. You're trained to be a creative. You know, you're trained yeah. to be, you know, create something. Uh, and then eventually when you leave uni, you're you kind of like, you kind of thrown into the big wide world and you've then got to sell. You've got to work out actually how do you make money from from art how do you do it mm. you know um and it's it ain't easy <laughs> no no the, 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 making money off anything creative is not easy because there are so many people who do not value it they expect to see it maybe not experience it personally but they expect to see it about but then equally don't expect to that it costs anything to create or that somebody's taken time or anything like that um, and I think that's that's I, I could point possibly at the education system. Yeah, that, I, I think um, that. people are sometimes pointed. Well, you go off and just do the art because you know I, you, I don't want you doing this other thing because you're just going to mess it up for other people. And that sort of attitude, apart from the really enthusiastic people who are into particular subjects, people tend to get shunted away if they're not really good at it because well now definitely because there's league tables and all that sort of stuff that people aren't allowed to explore yeah i mean the trick tr- and enjoy things the tricky thing i mean I, I i taught for i was an art teacher for a couple of years yeah i, I went back to the college that i died I, I learned you know i did my my b-tech at and um mm-hmm. and went to, and the, yeah, the, the, there's many i think and i don't whether it's affecting the education system now or whether I think in a, in a few years time, the real kind of reality of what they've done will probably go, Oh, that's why there's not as many people doing art or that's why we've lost our fine artists or we haven't got as vibrant art scene anymore because yeah, cause unfortunately, yeah, the, the, like I said with the education system, it's, it's ruled by numbers. So if you, you know, if you've got thirty students, they all should be achieving a pass rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes you are you won't be able to fully push the really good students because you're concentrating on making sure that other students who may or may not want to be there are also at a level. Yeah, you know, they're at a level. Yeah, they Yeah, if you're if you're worrying about averages, you're not. You're not exploring the 
edge cases. You can't be. You you just can't be. Some of those who, who ones who may who may be good, but maybe can't be as self motivating. Yeah, you know, or as who might need a bit more additional help, won't be able to, or may not be able to achieve their best because you're putting your energy to other students who who are just there because they have been told to be there. I mean, when I was teaching, there was a thing called the EMA, which was Education Maintenance Allowance. So it meant that students were being paid to come to college. That's mad. It was a mad system. They All they had to do was, was they all they only had to get a mark to say they'd arrived. It's like the House of Lords. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's been scrapped now, because I can see why. Because the problem was, is that you're going to have so many students who are just there to go, oh yeah, and then not work. Yeah. Or leave halfway through a session, or who literally just sit there going, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, well, as long as I've got my mark, I'm, I'm fine. I've got, I've got my £40 a week, so I'm fine. Mm. Uh, the other thing about art is it's an expensive game. Like, you know, if you, if you want to invest in materials and make things and create things, you've got to be able to afford to, to buy, you know, to get hold of stuff, mm. to do that. You know, like, I mean, I, I'd hate to think how much paint or value of paint I have every time I go and, you know, I put it in the van to move to an event, you know. Don't, don't think that. Don't think about that. It's, it's a lot of, <laughs> you know, to have, you know, money. You'll have palpitations anytime someone gets near you on the road. <laughs> don't touch me. Um, <laughs> so you kind of, yeah, you've got, you've got to be able to put money into, to, to, to be able to then make the money because, yeah, but then I'm yeah I'm not far from you know the university in Cardiff where my studio my studio is yeah, not far from the university. So you get a few students coming in, and um, and some of them yeah some occasionally they'll you have a student go well I can't believe it you know they don't they don't even supply us our materials I'm like well nobody supplies me my materials like I've mm. got I've got to work for my materials to make my artwork I mean it's reality <laughs> it's a reality of You've got to be able to pay for stuff, whatever that is. Yeah, and and also with with art, it's not always to easily quantify it. It's not like maths, where or or spelling or something like that. You know, this the, it, maths is either right or wrong. Spelling is either right or wrong. It's not the same in in the more creative side of things, uh, such as art. That so it it's it's harder for the quantifying that people want because they've got to work by the numbers and all the rest of it, it makes it harder for them and and that. And that, you know, it, it does, I, I like, uh, I used to draw as a kid and I like doing that, but I never pursued it in any way. And I still occasionally like sketching, but it, it I want my kids to enjoy. I know there's some, one of my kids in particular loves just doing that. So anytime they mention, oh, just fancy doing it. Yeah, here's a piece of paper and a pencil, or a, here's some pens, or whatever. You go for it. Just go for it. Have fun. I remember, you know, when I was growing up, yeah, my, my dad was massively supportive. Like, he just, you know, he was like, right, if that's what you feel you can you, know, you can do, um, and you can, you know, even when I started the business, you know, you know I, I quit teaching and was like, right, I'm going to do this full time. My dad was like, are you, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you mm. absolutely sure? I said, well, thing is, I could go back into teaching. I was like, right, I could go back. If I, if I have to, I'll go back into teaching. 
yeah, as long as I can say that I tried to do what I did, then I can go, right, I, t- I tried it and it didn't work. Mm. Um, at least I can say I tried it. Yeah, and I'm sure it's the same with, with writers and guys who want to crack get crack into the, the automotive industry in terms of, yeah, they've got to start somewhere, whether that's a little blog or somewhere, to then get up the ladder or you know, get a, a, a break in with a company or, or work experience. You've got to cut your teeth somehow. You've got to do something and have the ability to learn the mis- to, to make mistakes and you can learn from them. And it's very tricky, particularly when you start doing your own business, to have that ability, you know, because bills have to be paid and, you know, mortgages and you occasionally like to eat and things like that. So it's, but you've got to go and learn the, you've got to go and make mistakes, otherwise you can't really learn. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, the thing is, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, kind of fast forwarding, as it were. I mean, so, yeah, I, I did cut and then I went, I did, yeah, went to uni and I, I applied for four unis and I got, yeah, accepted by, by all, all four, and then I chose, I chose. Was that fine art as well? Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, um, yeah, fine okay. art. Yeah, I didn't want to do fine art painting. Um, so that time there was fine. Yeah, you, you did. You did fine art painting, sculpture, or printmaking. So they were the three kind of pathways you could go because you know, generally sculpture meant you had a you know a studio space, you know, you know kind of a, a floor space and you built up from it and printmaking you had the print studio so you did like lithography or or etching or whatever for printmaking or screen printing. Um and then with 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 painting it was kind of a thing with Winchester it was quite free. There wasn't like a house style. Some universities have a style. Like it was very much like Oh, you'll become a very good at this. You know, it's the, it, they have a, a look to it, and uh, and when you go around the end of year shows, you go, oh, right, okay, I can see this kind of similarity between all these students. But um, we just didn't seem to have that. And to be honest, I I I, I didn't think I'd get in there. Um, at that time, Winchester was very much a a university um, outside of London, one of the top art schools outside london i didn't want to go to london i didn't want to be in that kind of rat race i wanted to be far enough away far enough away from birmingham um <laughs> but close enough to london to visit you know like you know it didn't mean you know it meant that my parents still came down with food parcels obviously um <laughs> to, to, to help um but it was it was more i didn't expect to get into winchester i thought um it, i i for one i wrote down the course code wrong so when I, so when I applied, they ranked the the, the yeah the receptionist rang me back from Winchester and said, um, Ian, are you applying for fashion? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, no. Like, yeah, you know, you've written down the fashion course. You need. And then they rang me back and said, oh, do you want to do you want to have a a uh, a interview for painting? And I was like, okay, yes, please, please. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, so I remember being taken down, to, you know, down to all my interviews with my uh, with my granddad. He uh, he took me down to all the interviews with a with a classic FM blaring away, <laughs> and I was like, really, I really want to listen to this. Um, I always I always remember you know, I was ta- it was on the way down, and um, you know, not on Blink One Eight Two. It was uh, the the Rolling Song, Limp Biz- is it Limp Biscuit made? Yeah, Biscuit. Yeah, Limp Biscuit. And. Uh, and I remember just turning it over to radio. So I'll just turn to radio for one song, and it was like, 
all the swear words are blanked out of it. And my granddad was, my granddad was like, no, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that didn't go very well, did it? Thanks, Radio 1. Thanks, Radio 1, ruined. That's classic then for the next We had one shot at this. <laughs> yeah. You've blown yeah, it for yeah. me. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, which was great. Bath was the other option, but I, yeah, wasn't, wasn't, what, yeah, just didn't really fancy Bath. Uh, Cardiff and Cheltenham. So, so yeah, no, it was, and it was good. I, I loved it. It was, it was great. It was a great three years. I was able to go on a, on exchange on a, on an Erasmus exchange program to, to Latvia, to Riga for mm-hmm. three months, which was a eye opening experience. It was a really great thing to do. Um, and I learned, I learned a lot about car culture out there as well. Like, really learned about, you know, kind of, I think it's the first time I saw like an Infinity was out there. The Porsche, uh, I remember the Porsche uh, Cayenne was out there as well. Mm-hmm. You, like well before I saw it in the UK. Like it was just particularly the Infinity stuff because uh, that was always because Latvia was part of Russia, so it's quite a mm-hmm. Russian country. It was at that point still quite a Russian country. Um, so yeah, it was, a, it was a really great place. To, to further my interest in, in cars because they, they had these things called Jackie cars, which is kind of really badly pimped old cars. Yeah, so they were like, you know, you see had like hired suspension and, and on like a Sierra. <laughs> and um, it was, yeah, it was a really cool country to go and experience at, at that time of, of learning and, and doing stuff with my artwork as well. Going going somewhere abroad in the middle of a, a course does sound like a great, very cool thing to do. Just because you're so open at that point anyway. Yeah. To, to, to experience just, just, oh, that's how you do things. That's interesting. Yeah. And was, I would never have thought of that <laughs> or whatever. First kind of independent. Yeah, first time I've been in truly independent away from you know, much as I was, I was at Winchester, you know, it it was like this was like the first time I was really away from family properly and and whatnot. It was well before we had like proper dial. Yeah, it was still on dial-up internet whilst I was there. I remember <laughs> you know, kind of waiting in the internet room for you know for people to finish out. There was there wasn't Wi-Fi. There wasn't that kind of you know, All the computers had to have you know, plumbed in every computer had to have a lead going to it and if too many people were on the computers it would just crash the whole lot. <laughs> so it was um yeah no but it was it was a good it was a good experience and I, I started to there I I started to do things with toy cars where I, I used to send so I I'd I'd paint them white and then send these cars to people back in the UK to decorate. So I started to do these kind of modified cars and art cars but in miniature on like hot wheels and stuff mm-hmm. and that's where this kind of the, the initial kind of idea of using cars and art kind of came together so that was to the, and then the following year my final year so um i, I really got into the car culture i wrote my dissertation on how on how land rovers feature in films and their role in films and, and how they just you know show character and how yes like obviously James Bond is a is a big you know brand that uses British products Aston Martin and the Range Rovers are generally the bad guys you know Range Rovers bad guy you know and Aston was good guy or or if mm. if there was a, a defender there it was generally because they were exploring somewhere 
Uh, Matt, it was somewhere rough. Yeah, right. Yeah, and there's like there was. It became like you could predict films would have the cars in them. Like you'd be like, oh, yeah, um, it's the Rowan Atkinson film that yeah, they're gonna spoof the spoof of James Bond. Yeah, yeah, that had them in it. Uh, but then there were some really odd ones that had Landros because because the the film star liked Landros or had their own. So I think Keanu Reeves is a Landros owner who's got a series three or something. Sylvester Stallone has got a Land Rover as well, and that he had his own, his own car featuring the film. Um, there's, a, there's a film called Ice Cold Alex, um, which the director owned a Series One, but the the film was about pre Series One, but he really wanted it in the in the, in the film. So there's, there's a, yeah, the dates don't match. It's like, well, the car didn't exist then, but you've got it in the film. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, I don't care. It's my bat and ball. I'll do what I like. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was a really, it was an interesting dissertation. And uh, you know, the only getting thing about it is, I, you know, propo- I proposed it to to the the kind of dissertation tutor, and um, she was like, "Love it, love it, brilliant idea." I'm leaving next week. <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. And then the other. So we've just wasted each other's time here. Yeah, and then the other tutor, the new tutor, was just like, "Nah." Don't like it. <laughs> it was like, oh, uh, that hasn't gone well. <laughs> Never mind. But luckily, that dissertation is literally it was so like, 50, like ten percent of the whole mark. So, oh, so like, right, so then. like eighty percent of 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 fine art painting was based on your final final degree show. So, okay. there's like five percent was second year, ten percent was dissertation, and the rest was your. Was your uh, was your final degree show? So, thankfully, as much as it was an okay dissertation, it was never you know my 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 practical work was always better. So, I could rely on that, which is which was thankful at least. So, um, so yeah, so and then uh, yeah, so 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 pop band color came from my degree show, which is the name of my degree show, uh, and pop bang is a friendly explosion of color. That's where the name. Okay. And it's shortened down to Pop Bang Color. All right, cool. And it's handy that people remember it. You know, the kind of Ian, Ian Cook as a name isn't isn't exactly you know kind of it doesn't it's not very memorable. It's kind of like it's, it's a nice name, but it's not you know it's no uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to doesn't grab you like Pop Bang Color. No, exactly. So um, so that's where that came from. So basically, what I did for my degree show is I. I cut up all my toy cars by colour that I owned um, and made this big sculpture that kind of hung out the ceiling and it made noises and it had Skeletrics motors and sounds and lights. and So it's very much like an interactive piece. That's almost performance art, that. Yeah, it was, well... <laughs> I know I'm stretching the thing, but it, that, that, that's... Because that's one of the things when I look at... Uh, when I've watched you create the paintings and everything it does feel like performance art you are performing as well as creating the art we yeah. it, but the thing is we just happen to see it yeah i, I think the thing is, is i like i like to bring my studio with you know, like so whenever i'm set up like i'm in a very i feel comfortable wherever i am like as long as i've got my paint and my cars and i'm kind of set up and ready to go then i'm I'm good to go. Like, I mean, I can mm. enjoy it. So 
and yeah, I mean, that's the kind of feeling I want is I want people to kind of stumble across it. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, here's sounds and lights and microphones and, and, and whatever. I want to be kind of, um, people to enjoy it and enjoy the process mm. of, and come back. And yes, yeah, so they see it started, they come back, see it middle and they come back and see it end. Um, hopefully that's, that was the plan anyway. So, so why, why do you, why did you start using the cars to create the paintings? It is a frequently asked question. I mean, it's, it's quite a bizarre thing, isn't it? Well, well, let's be honest. It, it you don't use a paintbrush, so it's probably <laughs> got to be the number one question yes. you're asked. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, paintbrushes are overrated, really. They're just used by everybody, aren't they? But, but, you know. <laughs> uh, no, I started... But what made you pick up a car and go, yeah. you know what? You know Actually, what? <laughs> these wheels are wasted just driving on the ground. The, 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 this toy is wasted in the kid's hands. I need it instead. <laughs> Um, it's just going to be bashed into a sofa for half a day at Christmas Day. Um, so it, no, I, I started paying the cars. Got I was gi- I was given a radio control car as a Christmas present. I was told don't take it on the studio and don't get paint on it. So I thought, which you heard, take it down the studio, yeah. and put paint on it. I, I heard a bit of it. I think that was a problem. So um, <laughs> yeah, so I did. So that was two thousand and six. It was 2007 I started painting. Yeah, so yeah, it must have been two, that must have been Christmas 2006 um, that I got the car. I've still got the car on my, on my windowsill and, uh, in the house. I've got it um, as a little reminder <laughs> of where it started. It was Lightning McQueen from the film Cars. So it was, um, oh, yeah, because that's when the, that's when the film first, the first the first film came out in 2007. What the film about kidnapping, brainwashing, and the um, what's the syndrome when people have been taken uh, prisoner by captives that's the one yes yeah, so i got that and uh and so but the thing is i never had any desire like i never said oh i really want a radio control car i'd love that i just forgot it and i was like why why do, why i don't understand um so i yes yeah, so well I, I i took that one i did take that one down the studio i cleaned it up i had some other cars so i started to work out actually how to um paint the cars Mm-hmm. And um, so, how long did that take? Um, T- till you were satisfied with the results, because I'm presuming as a as an artist, you're never happy, but maybe satisfied think, with the results. I think now, like obviously now, after doing it for for ten years, I obviously get to a point. Where I know what I like. I know what's good. Mm. I, yeah, I can go. Yeah, I'm happy with that. That's the that is the best. I can do like with within this time in this you know that is the absolute best I can do um but obviously you know when I first started doing it it was probably quite basic it was probably quite kind of at the same time it's it's the fine art thinking of try it see how it goes like literally see how it goes try it Mm. out um, if it fails, doesn't matter. Try something else. Yeah, it's kind of like the, I, w- I was never like, oh, I'm just going to throw you. Know, just be like, ah, oh, done. Um, it was just like, right, something unique here. Nobody else is doing it. Um, and then what happened is I, I took over uh, a. Um, so I, I tried other cars and I worked out 
that you potentially could paint. You could work work out actually how to paint the car. Mm. And um, so I took over a vacant shop unit in Wolverhampton, the glamorous city of Wolverhampton. Um, <laughs> or Wolverhampton, as they say, like this. Oh, Wolverhampton. Um, <laughs> and I took over a vacant shop unit and I started to paint the cars and create this artwork because I had a big space to to work in. You know, like I just... Because it mainly started because I, I was teaching. I wanted to teach the kids how to mix color, how to do things differently, and whatever. And so I, I was in, in this um, in this uh, in this shopping center, and I just started to ring all the press and go, "Well, you know, people are watching me paint. You should you should come and film me because people are watching mm. me paint. Uh, and I'm just making color wheels. I'm not making an image here. I'm just making what." would now be looked like a bit of a mess. Um, mm. And then, yeah, ITV News were like, yeah, we'll come down. I was like, what? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> okay, okay. And then uh, and I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. I'll, I'll ring others. So I got the newspaper down as well. So they did a feature. And then that went, in, that went from local news in Wolverhampton to the Metro newspaper um, and went down to London. And then people ring ring me up from London again. Oh, can we do this feature? Can you? And I was like, Oh my God, what's happened? (laughs) (laughs) This is great. (laughs) And then I was going back to teaching. I was like, No, oh, I was like, This, no, I want to do this this stuff. This, 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 this media. I like this thing of you know people seeing my artwork and enjoying it. So um, yes, discussing your existential angst over this canvas is not is not giving me the same buzz as <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I was like, um, I, was, I was like, well, it seems to call people's attention and imagination. Um, so then I started to approach. So then I did Pudsey Bear for Children in Need. That was two thousand seven. I, I did a portrait of Pudsey Bear live on Breakfast Radio. I don't quite know how. That worked. Was the obvious medium for the visual arts. Obvious. Yeah, I mean, I mean, totally. Um, <laughs> so then I did Pudsey Bear. And then uh, that got a little bit more traction, a bit more press, a bit more media. Um, and then the, the, follow- so the, the next really kind of bigger thing, yeah, I kept it going. I was like, right, I think I, can, I need to finish teaching. I was like, no, no, I need to. I was like, mm, I, if I can keep this going, then I, I think. I'm going to have to drop it because I need to concentrate on my artwork. Um, mm. And then, so the following, um, March, was it March, April time? March, I had a solo show. So I had a solo show of like the abstracts and the sculptures and a few other things I had. So I had a solo show and I, and I rang up Auto Express magazine, which had Jack Ricks there, who's now mm. obviously Top Gear. Um, so... He was a junior, like he'd just died. He was a junior staffer, like he was, and he was. They were up at Rockingham to do a feature of touring car with the with the long term. They had a long term Honda Civic Type R, so he mm-hmm. was like, "Look, if you can, could you do an artwork of the Civic Type R?" And I was like, "I've not done anything else but Pudsey Bear so far." <laughs> I was like, "Give it a go, I think." Of course I can, yes. I was like, basically, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll do that. So we did like a side profile of a Civic Type R. And um, it went well. It went well. We, we time-lapsed it and 
went into the magazine and got a feature out of the magazine. I was like, oh, this is this is going well. So was that the first time you you'd used cars to create a car? Yes, two thousand eight. So okay, right. Yeah, April two thousand eight. Uh, so yeah, so I was like, and was that easier than you anticipated? Or after doing the Pudsy Bear, you just thought, well, the shape doesn't matter. I've now, I've now got an idea of how I need yeah, to work. Yeah, so from doing Pudsy Bear, at least I worked out that I could do an image. Mm. The image was possible. I could do more than you. Know, the colour wheels were never going to get that much traction in terms of press and media because to to a to it's wrong to say an untrained eye because to mix colours quite hard to actually quite create a decent colour wheel is quite hard. However, um, to do an image, you know, people see people seeing an image being created go, "Oh, oh, that's different. That's interesting. Mm. Oh, that's oh that you know." So it was amazing. I think I did a portrait of a local historian called um, Carl Chin, who interestingly now is the writer for Peaky Blinders. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, he writes. Yeah, so he he wrote Peaky Blinders. Um, in a, in a in a completely kind of uh, you know separate <laughs> separate story there, um, but yeah, so I did so I did his port I did and the Honda, and the Honda really worked like to me that the car artwork artwork worked it just made sense cars painting cars made mm. sense it kind of clicked so I was like oh right okay what else so then I started um, approaching more events and going right what other events can I because this was just a gallery, pop-up gallery thing. I was like, where mm. else? My studio wasn't really big enough to do anything in. So um, it was just like a converted garage. So there was no way I was going to be able to do... Just back in a Range Rover, please, so I can have a look. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so I was like, well, I approached like the, the Heritage Motor Centre, which is now the British Motor Museum. So mm-hmm. I, and I approached them and said, look, you've got... Because I didn't have an outdoor setup. I was like... Indoor events, I'll do some indoor events, and I, and I did the Go 60 launch, and it was the 50th anniversary, I think it was then, of Defender, so mm-hmm. um, we, I did like Huey, I did Vela, original Vela, I did uh, G4 Range Rover going through mud, so there's some really, but they're pretty, ba- but the, thing, the beauty of old Land Rovers is that they're square, so... They weren't pretty, they were just very identifiable. <laughs> like, they were just like, it's clearly a Land Rover, clearly a Range Rover, clearly. Like, you could tell it, yeah, you could, could exactly see what they were. Yeah. And I, and I was still teaching just about at that time. So I was like, okay, keep doing the car stuff, did more and more car events. So literally, I was, I was finishing teaching on a Friday, packing everything up, get heading to a car event, painting at the weekend, getting back, and then teaching back on the Monday. And I was just getting so tired. <laughs> like, mm, but I was, yeah, I was like, oh, I was done at Bewley. I did, I did a, a portrait of Lord Montague down at Bewley. Um, I did, yeah, so I, I got a picture. Yeah, so I had a picture of myself, Lord Monty, and a portrait of him. And, and I sent it off to Goodwood. And I said, look, because I, I, I was going through the event diaries going, like, what else? Where else can I paint? And this fest speed, mm. I was like, oh, looks like it's a big event. It's kind of shown in multiple magazines of of, of an event to be at. So I rang Goodwood on my on my lunch break and said, oh, I've done this portrait. 
of Lord Montague, oh, I want to beat your good Professor Speed. And they were like, how much are you going to cost? I was like, pardon? Oh, oh, you want, oh, you want to pay, oh, you want to pay me to be there? Oh, okay. Oh, I quite like that. <laughs> oh, it wasn't very much. Like, admittedly, it wasn't very much. But it was, it was just like, oh, oh, feet. Yeah, but it opened the door to that option. Yeah, yeah. It was like. So from that point of view, it's priceless. I was like, oh, you're paying me. Oh, feature fee. Like a performer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so, and they're like, as long as you paint a portrait of Lord March, then, because we, you know, paint a portrait of Lord March, then you can, you can come along. Um, and then also they were like, it's, it, that year was Hamilton to, uh, sorry, Hawthorne to Hamilton. So mm-hmm. they were like, well, also paint a portrait of Lewis Hamilton and Mike Hawthorne and his Dino. And so it all kind of links to the theme of, of the year. I was like, yeah, no problem at all. So I, I left work at that time. It was, I think it was still only a Saturday, Sunday. It might be a Friday event as well. Maybe a Friday event. It definitely wasn't a Thursday event. So it was definitely at least a three day event. Um, so I think I, either I didn't, I said to, I think I said to my boss, I was like, look, I've got, I'm sorry. I, I can't teach on Fridays this Friday. I'm down to going down to Goodwood. Um, which I think was met with kind of like, Ian, you can't do this. I was like, well, I wasn't being paid as a full-time teacher. I was being paid basically like daily, like you picked up your hours that week. So I knew that I need to be a good one. So I was like, right, I'm off on that Friday. I'm I'm not going to be here. Um, so, um, I went down and I was like, oh, Goodwood's huge. They, they, put up a, <laughs> they put up a big marquee for me and whatever. And it was like, at that time, like, it was it was big, but not, like, it's not like now where everything's huge there. Like, there's so much more sponsors now and whatever. Yeah. It was a size which was, people still were able to see everything. Like, it just kind of, it was just a nice size at that point. Um, and I was in this marquee and twice a day they fired up a dragster. Um, which made lots of noise, and everybody like poured over to this side of the circuit uh, to see a dragster. So twice a day, my marquee just like literally people poured into it because they were on that side of the circuit all of a sudden because they were trying to find mm. where the dragster was. Um, so, and a couple of those people were they worked for MC Sarchi, who looked after Rebox so uh, like mm-hmm. Rebox advertising, and they were about to announce that. Lewis was going to be a um, their new brand ambassador for Reebok. So, okay. and that year he was kind of halfway through the season. So he it was between him and Massa. Like, so mm. he was like 2007. He came second. 2008 he was on it, and he was it, yeah he was like the name like every because yeah, he was the new kid on the block, but he was good. Um, yeah, and. So they were, gonna, they were like, right, we're going to announce that Lewis is going to be this brand, and we're looking for something car-related, artwork car-related. And so that, they rang me. So they rang me whilst I was teaching. So my boss was like, Ian, you've got a phone call. I was like, who from? They're like, from from uh, Saatchi? I was like, Saatchi? So they rang me and said, look, we need to talk to you about this project. You're one of five ideas. You... You want to find ideas. We're going to pitch it down, and hopefully you'll be the winning. You're the strongest idea. 
And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I was like, I, I didn't believe him. I was like, I hear that all the time. I was like, I was just like, I don't believe it. I was like, no, no, I know that. I don't do that. I'm joking. I was, just, no, no, I was just like, I was just like, I don't believe you. I think this is a big lie. I thought it was like a wind up. Is this Brian from the pub? Because this isn't funny. That's exactly, how, that's exactly how I thought about it. I was like, nah, this is. But I was going along with it. I was getting emails in going, right, you're now one of three ideas. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so. Well, I don't believe it. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then it was like, right, yes, you're the idea. We want you to come down to London. So, and I went down to Golden Square, and you know, and I was like, oh yeah, this. And they were like, well, they're like, how big can you paint? I said, well, how big do you want it? And they were, they were like, they paid, literally paste that out in the office, and they were like, yeah, twelve, twelve meters by eight meters, which is roughly the same size as their kind of indoor area. Yeah, with all their kind of you know, their office office layout, mm. and I was like, okay, yeah, I did that. That's I, and they were like, how long would it take? I was like, I don't know, a week, maybe. Or I, I I don't know. And then I went, I left that meeting. They were like, okay, well, we're going to push through with. They were like, right, we're going to source materials. We're going to start doing this. I was like, okay, yeah, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> um, so. And then it was like, oh, oh, it is happening. This is kind of more real. It kind of, I was like, mm, okay. Um, so I had to rent out like a gallery space to kind of plan it a little bit. Um, and I also had to work out with that how big 12 meters was. I was just like, I, I just couldn't get a contact. And it's huge. Obviously, it's, it's a three-story building. Yes. It's huge. <laughs> Um, it's enormous basically and I got my dad to plan it out with me and um, but thank you know, thankfully um, we we got it yeah we, we worked it out and uh, and it was you know I started you know it was a a week long project midweek Lewis was going to see the artwork from Brazil and so we had to have half the artwork done Um and it was just the maddest, maddest. It still, you know, it still feels very surreal now. I think had I done it, if I do it now, I'd approach it completely differently. Um, but I kind of like that the first project was this huge piece of rebark, and um, and literally it was, it was a global project. So it was out in the news, on BBC News, CNN, everywhere. It was just a huge deal. This huge deal, um, and it it was rebark's most successful advertising campaign and and sides were over the moon because they got all hit all their targets of what they had to reach and this is before social media so it was before facebook was there but not massive it was before twitter before instagram before anything um and i had friends ringing me up from like out in latvia going why are you on our telly <laughs> i'm like am i oh oh yes i am <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, yeah I just did this little thing. Yeah, it's you know, little thing. Just, just a three-story building. Yeah. Uh, so uh, <laughs> no biggie. No biggie. And, then, and then it was yeah, and it was displayed, and it was uh, it was on display in the run-up to the Brazilian Grand Prix. Um, and it, yeah, it was next to what is the Lord Mayor's office. Yeah, that funny building next to the Tower Bridge. Um, mm. It was on that kind of Pottersfield Park, which is like the bit where they do all the PR exercises and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But it was like the first, this kind of first. Uh, world of PR and world of like advertising and marketing, which I'd never even thought existed. <laughs> it was like, oh, there's a whole world of 
stuff. <laughs> um, but it was good. It was good. And, and from doing that, that then led on to that, yeah, from, from being that kind of exposure, it meant I was able to, to quit being a teacher. I was like, no, I'm going I'm to concentrate fully on this, see where it goes. Um, and, and, you know, it led to like Blue Peter and Daybreak and all, you know, all the other kind of media stuff that went with it, you know, because Lewis was getting his golden badge for winning the world championship. I was, um, I got my Blue Peter badge, which is nice. Um, and yeah, that was, again, that was surreal. Like Blue Peter, completely surreal thing to, to, you know, growing up watching it. To them, yeah, yeah, right, absolutely. So cool. I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm on this. Yeah. And there's, there's Blue Peter dog and that's, and this is live TV. Oh, this is live TV. Oh, right. Okay. Um, what do I have to say to camera? Okay, I have to say that. And this is the end of part one of my chat with Ian. Thanks once again to Ian for coming on Rearview and chatting with me. I hope you found this episode as fascinating as I have. If you want to suggest someone I should ask to come on this show, please do get in touch. If you use the hashtag RearviewPod, we'll be guaranteed to see it in Motoring Podcast Towers. To get in touch with me directly, search for Crack Windscreen on Twitter. And if you like to keep up to date with motoring news, opinions and car reviews, go try out the sister show, which is the Motoring Podcast. Remember, you can support everything we do at the Motoring Podcast in a couple of ways. Please go to motoringpodcast.com forward slash support to see what they are. I would also really appreciate it if you could tell others about this show. I want as many as possible to hear the stories of these wonderful people who come on here. So until next time... That was Ian Cook, I've been Andrew Clues, and safe motoring.